five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America.com. My name is Rich Doc Hayden, and I am with Harpo. And here we are. It is getting towards the end of March. It is another rainy day in LA and I if if we didn't need the water or you know if we didn't need the rain so bad I'd complain but uh we need the rain so this is good but at the same time it's just been raining and raining and raining and raining and raining and yeah it's a lot Harp has it been raining down there uh not in the last couple of days mm-hmm. we're actually uh we've had a couple of cool mornings we've been under a freeze warning about the oh. last three or four mornings which sucks because everything bloomed yeah, so my, pr- my plum trees and blueberry bushes, I think, uh, got hit pretty hard. Oh, that's uh, But I think this, I think, I'm sure they're probably going to be late. Maybe one more little cold spat come through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but this is uh, weather supposed to be turning warm. It's supposed to be 80 in the 80s Thursday and Friday. So oh, that's going to be a nice. welcome. Nice. Very cool. This is my favorite time of year with the time change. Now, now it stays daylight longer and it's oh, starting to warm up. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't we haven't quite turned that corner yet. Although actually it's supposed to rain through tomorrow and then uh Thursday all through the weekend is supposed to be very nice, which is nice. So um Yeah, so it's very, very cool. Alright, cool, cool. Yeah, we got well and the thing with California that's interesting is that yeah, y'all need all the rain you get? Well, we do, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I remember last last summer, it got the drought got really, really, really bad. And I just remember every day, like like it's, you know, I love the sunshine, I love the beautiful weather, but every day, and especially when it got really hot, this sort of kind of dr- existential dread just fell over me up because I was like, oh man, it's just like. It's killing what little water we have right now. You know what I mean? And like this, this winter has been a big, big relief. I mean, we still got a ways to go, but at the same time, it's it's a definitely a moving in the right direction type of winter. You know, so um, uh, so that's all. You know, we need a, a a lot of it. But um, but yeah, I am looking now. I'm looking forward, really looking forward to the sun coming out and warming up, warming my bones. You know what I mean? So um, yes, yeah, so I can. So you know what? Bottom line. I shouldn't be complaining, you know. <laughs> so um, it, could, it could be worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, this weekend, excuse me, this week we don't have Maxwell with us. So um, we're we're gonna talk. We're just gonna kind of do a roundtable about the uh, about the world and um, talk about a couple of things. So, um, Harp, what is the first thing that you want to talk about? this episode well today was election day for us around here oh we had, we, we had to vote well i didn't get to vote because i live in the county but our our city mayor mm. election was today so that'll be interesting to see what comes out of that we had to get a new mayor mm-hmm. uh and of course we had to vote on the, the splost Do y'all have a splost tax no what is that exactly it's like a uh, an additional tax that the that the town can you know the city the city the county uh-huh. can put on the end of a sales tax. Mm-hmm. It's usually it's normally like one percent. Mm, okay. So it adds to the sales tax, and, uh-huh. and that goes towards like building new fire stations and police stations. You know, it's yeah. But, you know, it's on on the end of sales tax, so everybody pays it, not just people who live here. So yeah. Come through here. So that's always a big one because you got some. You know, you got some old timers and some. People who don't don't like paying taxes in general, but mm. I'm I'm all for one of those boss tax because everybody pays it, mm. whether you live here or not. So mm. and, it, and our town is benefiting from it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Slightly. I mean, yeah, there's some wasteful spending, but uh, it's only going to uh, make the city better. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, well, yeah, when, if they, if it passes and then, you know, two or three years from now, you got a new firehouse or a new police station or, or some new schools, I don't know, you know, maybe I'll go to that, um, or some repairs to the schools. Yeah, that would be. They, 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 they built some, uh, you know, some indoor 
some some multi million dollar indoor practice facilities for all the high schools, mm-hmm. which I guess is good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Kids don't have to practice in the other. I mean, it's almost like you know all our high schools are basically mini, miniature colleges now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they built a uh, you know ten foot wide sidewalk all the way around the city. Oh, you know, telling how much how much that costs. Called yeah. the, they call it the thread. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, ten okay. foot wide, and it covers the whole city. It's for people to walk on, mm. ride bikes. Can't oh. put any kind of motorized anything on it, mm-hmm. so you can't drive a golf cart or a motorcycle or four wheeler or a car on it. Mm-hmm. Just basically for walking. Mm-hmm. That costs. I, I think they they people say it's like a million dollars a mile. And there's a lot of miles to it. It goes all around the city. Oh wow! Okay, oh, so that's crazy. The splaws pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's I mean, it's it's you know, it gives the it gives people a place to walk mm-hmm. instead of just going to a track and walking in circles. I guess. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, one thing I, I my so my mother used to live um, in Woodstock, Georgia. And the, you know, we went down to see her a couple times. I was, in, I was in Woodstock Sunday. Oh, what were you doing? Yeah, my daughter had a gymnastics meet in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Very I cool. I was there Sunday. Very cool. Very cool. Crowded place. They're doing a lot of work in Woodstock. Nice, nice. Your mom, when was the last time your mom been there? Ooh, she's gonna. She listens to this every week, and she's gonna be really mad when I um I can't recall. I think she moved back to Wisconsin. I want to say three years ago. It was right before my niece was born. So three or four years ago, she They're doing moved a bunch down. of work there. Oh, okay. Oh. There's a lot of a lot of construction going on in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Yeah, it was a fun little. It was a funky little town when I was there. Um. Oh, but my my point is is that. There were a bunch of um, bunch of trails that she used to. She used to go on her walks in her afternoon, and there were a bunch of trails that she used to go walk on. And um, we didn't. We did like a, a a very 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 small one while we were there. But um, but yeah, yeah, it's cool to have um, places that you can you can walk and go to and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So. I mean that's basically what that thread is. It's just a walking trail, but it's all concrete. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no. Uh, and you know, people people like to bike ride nowadays a lot too. So mm-hmm. they get out there on their their bicycles and take off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Cool. Well, good. That's cool. That's cool. Well, it's good to hear about a little bit of the the, the local local happenings in the Grange, and uh, that's cool. Cool. Yeah, we um. Well, actually, the big news here, probably uh, 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 for the city of L.A. is the. L.A. USD, the, Uni- the Los Angeles Unified School District, uh, the teachers and the teachers' aides, or, you know, all the um, the support staff went on strike for three days, starting today. It's today, tomorrow, and Thursday, and the um, it's it's the it's the union for the support staff who are you know the bus drivers, the cafeteria workers, the janitors. Um, uh, went on strike, and then the teachers' union voted to strike in solidarity with them. And uh, for a minute, I was a little annoyed because they just kind of sprung it on us at the end of last week. But the the people who are striking, the the you know the um, the workers, really uh, are like really don't make a lot of money at all. So um, you know when you got it's very different than like major league baseball striking. You know what I mean? Um, like you know these people, the way I one of Leah's. A friend's father's is a um, a teacher in the LAUSD, and he said that you know I guess well, I don't know if it was last year or, or a year or two ago the teachers went on strike. He's like the teachers went on strike to pay their mortgage. These guys are going on strike to pay their rent, and um, so I was like, okay, so so my daughter was home today. Uh, my wife worked from home. Tomorrow I'm going to work from home, and then on Thursday Grandma's coming up and is going to watch her. So. Um, yeah, so she had to do. So we had to deal with that, and uh, but yeah, that's the big news here. And I think all them, all them badass youngins and kids, them teachers are tired of watching them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're demanding more money. I don't yeah. blame them. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. And I, I asked my child yesterday on the way I walk home from school. I explained the situation to my daughter, and I was like, 
Um, and after I told her she's going to have three days off, I was like, are you excited about the strike? She's like, yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so. And what about the, uh, what, what about the, uh, the, uh, what are they calling it? The, the, the slave, the slave re, re, uh, repayment for all Re- these slaves. Oh, reparations. Yeah, reparations. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That that's a big that that's a big big topic. I I don't know. If there's a lot of serious talk about. It. There's there's you know mentions yeah, I, of it. But. We only see the headlines about it. I was kind of wondering what the the locals around there it, were thinking about it. You know, I it hasn't. I don't know the only. Be- shops are talking about. Yeah, I don't know only because it, I don't know what people are saying only because it's still um, pretty far from being a reality. You know what I mean? And you know, That's I'm, a lot of money they're gonna give them people. Yeah, and I I kind of think like I I kind of think the devil is in the details with that. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't want to get I don't want to get too far into it because I'm not knowledgeable enough. Um, about it, you know what I'm saying, but um, but I'll look I'll look into it and see see what's up. To my knowledge, there's maybe I'm wrong about this. To my knowledge, there's not like a um, a uh, um, a big uh, a big push to like really make it happen. But we'll have to see. You know what I'm saying. So, but yeah. Um, so let me see. So like the international thing that I've been following is China's visit with Russia, and yeah. you know. Um, so the, th- and the, the thing so far now, they're still midway through it. It's not, it's not over yet. And by the time, you know, we publish this podcast, maybe it will be, and maybe, you know, everything I'm saying will, um, already be old news and there'll be something different. But the, I know the big thing that everybody in the U S and the West is watching for is if China's going to supply Russia with weapons for the war in Ukraine and, um, so far, it doesn't look like that's the case. But again, there there's still a lot of time left, and you know there's a lot of there could be a lot of backroom deals going on that you know obviously we don't know about. You know what I mean? But um, so far, uh, uh, it seems like they're just Putin and Xi have just been talking about you know economic, um, uh, you know economic issues and you know kind of trade between China and Russia. Um, have you guys seen anything different? I mean, you know this deal's over. Putin and Z's already talked. Come on, mm-hmm. I don't be, don't let them beat beat you around the bush like that. I mean, they gave that fighter jet that knocked the drone down a uh, a country award. Did you see that? Oh no, the Russia did. Yeah, the Russian oh, man, fighter yeah. pilot that was flying that plane. They gave him like the highest honor award that you could possibly oh, get. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. we knock a balloon down for China. Russia knocks a drone down for oh, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. China goes and meets with them. The pilot gets the highest award you can. Come on, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a done deal. You know, they uh, they 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 are definitely uh, working together. Yeah. So it does not. It would not surprise me if China didn't supply Russia with whatever they needed. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, they're already doing it. I actually I don't know why I hadn't kind of put two and two together about the Russian plane knocking down the American drone potentially in retaliation for the spy plane, but that's in excuse me for the spy balloon. Um, uh, no but that's on China's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. That's interesting. So. Um, didn't take a rocket scientist, doc. Yeah, yeah. Because I promise you, I'm no rocket scientist. <laughs> but I shot a rocket. No, what's this? But I suck in science, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, like, the um, everybody's looking for them to escalate. And, again, we'll see. I I, I, I keep hedging my bets because they're midway through it, and I can't say one way. And, now, China's definitely supporting so that, Russia. And, that, and you got China's little brother, North Korea, that's trying to stir the pot, too. Shooting missiles. The, keep the eyeball off of China yeah. while they're making their moves, so... It's it's the same same scenario that was going on ten twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. The exact same. Yeah, yeah. Not a whole lot has changed. And you know the thing with North Korea that's interesting. Um, one of the things that I think the um, invasion of Ukraine by Russia has um, shown is that 
uh, if North Korea, if, if, if South Korea and North Korea were to ever go to war, um, the North Korea nuclear weapons aside, I think that the South would um, probably trounce the North and, and a lot quicker than a lot of people think, you know what I mean? Now, granted, the, the North does have nuclear weapons and would probably, I, I kind of think that Kim Jong-un would probably be um, less hesitant to use them than Vladimir Putin so far has. Um, I think that uh, if um, Kim Jong-un knew that his um, regime was seriously under threat, he probably would launch the nukes. Um, this, I mean, this is all speculation on my part. I might be wrong about this, but, um, but yeah, but I think like just in a conventional, conventional military sense, uh, the, the South Korea would overwhelm the North pretty quickly, unless of course the North got help from, um, China. And I think that that would be, uh, very much dependent on the situation, you know what I mean? So, but, um, but yeah, if it was just North Korea versus South Korea toe to toe, um, I think that uh, uh, South Korea would have uh, very little trouble. Then I don't want to say very little trouble, but I think over um, uh, eventually would would prevail in that conflict. You know what I'm saying? So, but well, but, I mean, you got you got you got three countries who <clears throat> who really don't give two rips about human rights or what. Yes. Yeah. What anybody thinks or believes other than what their their mission is so mm-hmm. I mean it and obviously they don't they don't care what we are doing over mm-hmm. here or what we're saying we're gonna do because we slap sanctions on top of sanctions on, <clears throat> on top of sanctions and they're, they're getting bigger better and stronger mm-hmm. together it seems like Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're just still talking, so. Well, yes and no. I think I think I think that Russia has a really Russia's military has really been degraded by this war in Ukraine, and it's going to take a long time to um, rebuild them. China obviously is not in a in a war right now, and. Um, you know their military is is still you know unscathed from all of this. So um, yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, the, so the thing that kind of I'm watching is if China starts to you know heavily supply weapons to the uh, Russian military, and what and if China they they talk about wanting to um, you know. They're talking about promoting this peace plan, which uh, luckily, and thank goodness, um, you know, the government in Ukraine and everybody in the West sees right through and thinks it's a bunch of bullshit, rightly so. But, um, you know, it'd be interesting if they really, really want to do something, they'll have to sit down with Ukraine as well and try to hammer out a peace agreement. I don't think that they're um, capable of doing that, and I don't think that they're going to... um, do anything that would really jeopardize Russia, so I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You know what I mean? So, um, so I, I don't know. Uh, and again, we're going to have to see. I don't want to speak too prematurely, but you know, I think that a, a lot of this is for show. A lot of it is for um, uh, uh, um, to to support Russia. But then also, you know, another thing too. You can kind of flip that in a way. Like uh, if if China is doing this. Um, you know, paying this this visit to Putin to shore up support and to somehow intimidate the U.S. and NATO countries, it isn't really working because um, you know Europe is still uh, support. I I what, oh gosh, I just read. I, oh, one of the European countries it has agreed to sell artillery rounds to or supply um, Ukraine with artillery rounds. We just uh, announced a new aid package for Ukraine and. Um, you know, it, the, the West is definitely not backing down off of this. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really going to turn into who can outlast who. And if um, China starts supporting Russia materially, it's going to give Russia some more win. But I still, even then, I still think that um, time is not on Russia's side. And um, it, it's going to take longer than anybody likes for Russia to finally become exhausted. But they just don't have 
they're just, they're just not they're just not very good. You know what I mean? So, um, and I don't. This is one prediction I will say, um, and and I hope I'm not wrong about this. But I I I'm, I think I'm I'm pretty confident in what I'm about to say. I don't think that China will send boots on the ground. I don't think China will send any of its military to assist Russia. Um, in Ukraine, that would be an immediate game changer. But I don't, I don't, I don't think they're gonna. So, those are my two cents. Yeah, but 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 even you know, Russia pretty much owns the power grid over there in mm-hmm. Europe. That side, when it comes to natural resources, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got if you got that power in China's financial vacuum, you can cripple a lot of countries over there mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. You don't even need no boots on the grounds or military personnel mm-hmm. or, you know. Yeah. All you need is, with those two powers, Yeah, it's going to be a game changer for the country, them countries over there. And small countries will never make it. Yeah, the, yeah China's kind of walking a very fine line here, and um, they're trying to support Russia. It's interesting because here, I... I they're not trying to support. Well, well yes, they're, they're supporting Russia, but like, it's it's the the it's Europe is really who they're trying to walk the fine line with. Like they've already the U.S. and China, we're already antagonistic towards one another, and the relationship is not warming. But um, they still have you know major uh, a lot of trade with the European countries, and they're trying to both support Russia and not alienate Europe, but. Um, I don't know if I was. I mean, if I was, I if I was, you know, a chancellor of Germany or, or um, you know, in, in in government any of these European countries, you know, I would, you know, kind of start to see the writing on the wall with my relationship with China. I understand, you know, a, a, a lot of people and a lot of because the economic, they're um, uh, they're, they do so much trade with China, um, they're you know very reluctant to. Um, you know, cut ties with China in the way that they are with Russia, but at the same time, um, it, uh, 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 oh, sorry, real quick, I lost my train of thought only because it just started pouring here, and the other thing I gotta say, it's been leaking in my house, every time it rains, it leaks, and every time it rains real hard, it leaks, and, um, I think I'm gonna get a leaky window in a little bit, so, but, that's neither here nor there. And <laughs> that has nothing to do with Russia and China. But, um, yeah, go on. What are going to say? Might want to get that fixed. Oh, bro, it's been a, it's been a, so I'm going to give you just the very, the, the, the abbreviated version of it. We have, every time it rains, something in our apartment leaks. And we send up requests and they send somebody to fix it. And they said they fix it. And then it never really gets fixed. And... What I think you gonna have to Google it, man. Yeah, what 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 I think is is the, the we live in a kind of an older building that requires a lot of work, and they just don't want to spend the money on it. You know what I mean? Oh, good, it calmed down a little bit. That's good. That's good. But um, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have some leaky leaky windows here in a minute. But anyways, back to Russia, China. So, um, so. Any any other thoughts on Russia China? Yeah, I mean it's just uh, you can't you can't say if China's back and you you got to know they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the war's been going on for over a year now, and they've you know really not once criticized Russia for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're that 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 should be a pale sign that they're not against what Russia's doing. Uh, and then when you have a meeting with him a year after it's been going on, uh, for a peace, peace they call it a peace meeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I think, I mean, anybody can see that. Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. And at some point people in the West are going to have to make a choice. And I don't know when that point is going to come. Whether it's when China invades Taiwan, or what, but at some point, um, there is going to be a point where things are going to split, and the world is going to split again. And and I hope it doesn't come to that, but you know that seems to be what we're heading towards. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. So, 
Saudi Iran peace treaty. I mean, does that not ring a ring an alarm? So, so, so we've got sanctions on Iran. We've got sanctions on Russia. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, China used to be an ally. Saudi yeah. Arabia was an ally. Now they're going to talk with two countries that are definitely not an ally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yes and no. It 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 does. Like it it definitely does. In um, it it definitely is brings an alarm bell in terms of um, uh, China moving into an area that um, that the U.S. has traditionally been pretty dominant in, um, and definitely wanting to do it really to to stick a finger in our eye, you know what I mean, and to spread their influence. Um, but then no, because I you know I read a bit more about the deal and Saudi Arabia and Iran have been um, coming together for a while, and China just hopped in kind of at the end and kind of at, at, at the end of the process and kind of just sort of, you know, um, got them to kind of shake hands at the end. It wasn't like China, you know, um, kind of sent their diplomats in while uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran were, were very bitter and worked with them for years to get to this point. It was just, it was kind of a, a late-term thing. And then also, you know... This is one area we can we can actually uh, talk uh, about Iraq next. This is one area I think that the U.S. U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East has always been awful, and uh, or at least uh, since World War II, I should say, when we really got involved in the region since World War II, uh, I think has been really really awful. So it's not like the Chinese are stepping in to it's not like if the Chinese had like stepped in to place like Europe where we have good relations and we're like actively trying to peel countries off away from us it I'd feel much more alarmed whereas like in the Middle East we've just we've we've just always had a terrible foreign policy and and we've just never done a good job there so you know if China can step in and um make peace or help help stabilize the Middle East by, by bringing Saudi Arabia and Iran together. And that's a big if. That's a big if, too. Um, then maybe it'll be good for the world. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if it'll be... It'll be good and bad for the U.S. It'll be bad in the sense that we'll lose a bit of influence in the region, but good because we won't be as... Inter- we won't need to always step in like we do. Um, and I would love... Also, too... The, 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 the further on we get with the Green Revolution and the more and more we start to wean ourselves off of oil and the less dependent we become on Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, I think it's only a good thing for um, America. And I'm looking forward to the day when we don't really need, where we don't need anything from them. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're still got a long way until we get there. But yeah, so. We could, we could have it. I mean, I think you have to think. Everywhere we tried to go influence, Vietnam didn't mm-hmm. work. Uh, Middle East didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why we're thinking let's, let's influence in Ukraine. I get throwing the support and help, but I mean, anywhere we try to go and change the outcome of what's going to happen is just going to happen. Mm-hmm. We, as a country, have lost every time. Well, I'm I'm gonna disagree with you there because um, Tell even me though when we won one. what's up? Tell me when we won one. Well, so after World War II, we did um, not, we ha- not as a military aspect. I'm talking as a country aspect. Mm-hmm. So well, well, so there. I, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple. Well, I'll give you a couple, and they're you know military involved. But um, I think that. Uh, in Europe, after World War II, um, you know, with the Marshall Plan and just our engagement with Europe was very positive. I think, like, if you look at Japan now, Japan is a thriving democracy um, that uh, that happened after, you know, World War II. If you look at South Korea, South Korea also after the Korean War, they had trouble for, you know, 20 years or so, but are now a, a, a democracy and are a very close partner of um, the U.S. Uh, so I'd say... Um, so, you know, like, see that, so, like, you're right, you, the, the, the cases that you brought up now, you are correct about, but there are also a lot of cases where we did well, too, you know what I mean? 
And, you know, I, my personal theory, and it's, it's not perfect, but um, is we generally do better in places um, culturally that are a little bit closer to us, like, you know, Europe. Um, I mean, we're all, well, the U.S. is, is sort of, um, you know, we were, we were settled and colonized by Europeans, so we're really an extension of Europe. You know, J- Japan and South Korea are kind of different than, are, are different than us, and it's places that it worked, but, you know, um, we generally tend to do better in places that we have similar um, histories to. I mean, like, Australia is a place, too, that's like an extension of Europe where, that we're very close to. Um, you know, Latin America, we have similar histories as countries in Latin America, and we are, you know, uh, we have our issues with countries in Latin America as well, you know, but um, by and large are much, much friendlier than we are adversarial, you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I, you know, it, it's kind of like we did fuck up in Vietnam. And then, I, you know, Iraq, so talking about the Middle East and Iraq, this week we just hit... Um, uh, just yesterday, hit the 20th anniversary of the start of the war in Iraq, which is a war that Harv and I were both a part of. And you know, um, and let, let me let me ask you, Harv, like, did you did you you know watch the news of the 20th anniversary and have any um, any feelings about it? No, I didn't. No, I didn't oh, did? okay. Um, I I watched a little bit, and I kind of. Um, uh, I it actually ain't one of those happy anniversaries, though. What's up? I said it ain't one of those happy anniversaries. No, like it's your wedding day. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> not at all. So I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't pay it. No, no that just means showing our age now. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I saw. I watched. The, I read a couple articles. I watched like a one a smart a little short documentary about like um, this uh, this reporter like like. Was embedded in Iraq. It was embedded in you know uh, uh, Iraq in two thousand three. Was there for the invasion and was in with an army unit and then went back and interviewed some of those guys and that was kind of interesting, and um, yeah and just like and I kind of had mixed feelings because you know like Iraq wasn't a good war and it you know it, it probably shouldn't have happened. It absolutely pains me to say that. I don't I don't like saying that. You know what I mean. But at the same time, it's like it's weird. So I'm very proud that I did it. I'm very proud that I served. I'm like very proud that I went over there, and um, like very proud of what you know you did, what I did, what you know two seven did. But like you know, overall, I can't say that Iraq was a, a good war. They're not living in peace and harmony, and they're not um, you know a beautiful democracy like we set out for it. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, going going back to what you were saying about the winning, though, what you're saying is that we're a good. We, we win when we do world wars. Yeah. Like, like, like if it ain't no, if the rest of the world's not involved, then we don't win. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. And the rest of the world has not been involved in the last five wars that we've been in. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And we've lost ever since. Yep, Vietnam. As a country. Yep, Vietnam we lost, and um, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan. I I mean, we lost in Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, technically, you know, we're still there, and it, so technically we didn't lose. However, it's it, I, I we certainly didn't win. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, Desert Storm. Desert Storm's a little different, but uh, yeah, no, we 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 have. But not what <clears throat> Desert, Desert Storm kicked it off. Yeah. We lost for forty years. But um, but um, but but the thing, but but here's the difference with with Ukraine now. Um, Ukraine is part of Europe, so it actually, actually, I'm going to tell you no. There's one in there that we did do. Let me let me back up before I talk about Ukraine. I spent some time. What's up? Panama. No, Kosovo. So. Uh, during yeah, how long were we there? So we actually, all right, so let me just give a very, very, very abbreviated history. I actually went to Kosovo during my graduate school and studied the um, situation there. And <clears throat> basically the breakup of Yugoslavia, which is very, very complicated, um, a breakup has a, has a pretty long history. Um, <clears throat> Yugoslavia was one uh, large country um, and during the Cold War, it was a communist country, but kind of sat in between the Soviet Union and, and the U.S. 
And in the early 90s, it started to break apart and had a series of wars throughout the 90s. The last war was in 1988-89 um, uh, with Kosovo because Croatia broke off, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina broke off, Slovenia broke off, um, uh, 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 Montenegro broke off, and Kosovo was the last one that sort of stayed in there. And Serbia tried to, they ethnically cleansed it. They basically tried to kick all the Albanians out and all the Serbs tried to move in. So NATO intervened. And this was actually not just the U.S., but NATO intervened bombed Serbia, pushed the Serbian army back into Serbia, and established Kosovo as an independent country that is governed primarily by um, Albanians. 90, like 90% of Kosovo, maybe even a little north of that, is Albanians. The rest are Serbs and a handful of minority groups. And um, there's still a NATO presence there, but um, when I was there, they loved Americans. They still were very happy that we were there. We're very happy that NATO was there. And um, even though there, there's still a lot of problems, um, overall was a success. And, and also, But the, the thing, too, so now here's the thing. Another key ingredient is that the people have to want us there. So, like, and I think that's a reason that... Um, uh, first of all, that, that that we should that Ukraine that they're going to win because the Ukrainians are fighting to you know for their lives and they're really, honestly, the goodest fighting, and um, they have they they also have a very very good leader in Zelensky, and we're supporting you know we're 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 supporting them so we're supporting you know people who who want to be free, and who um you know want us to be there in Kosovo the Albanians in Kosovo were um, very similar in that they, you know, they wanted, they, they, you know, wanted to be free and welcomed our help. You know, like in Vietnam, it wasn't really like that. In Vietnam, they, you know, um, we were supporting South Viet- Vietnam. The South Vietnamese government was always corrupt. And, um, you know, the people didn't, they kind of wanted us there, but not really. And they just couldn't. It was sort of like Iraq, like, you know, the Iraqis were happy that Saddam was gone, but didn't really want us there, you know. Um, uh, and in in Afghanistan too, like they, you know, maybe at first were happy that the Taliban was gone, but then um, you weren't really happy that we were there, you know, and for a million reasons, kind of complicated, but don't want to, you know, can't get too far into it here. But um, uh, uh, you know, the 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 in, after World War Two, I mean, like there's stories of you know, American troops rolling into France and Italy and people throwing flowers at their feet. You know what I mean? Because we helped kick the Nazis out. And um, I think, you know, in Ukraine, it's going to be... Um, uh, I mean, we're not going to send troops in, but, like, um, Ukraine is going to be forever grateful to us and forever having, you know, we'll always have warm relations um, or, or, you know, warm feelings towards us for helping to bail them out in their hour of need. You know what I mean? So, um uh, you know, and that's not all perfect. Like the Japanese, um, you know, were pretty were humbled by us and didn't love us. But then, you know, we built a, um, you know, we helped to rebuild their country. And I'm not, I, I'm not entirely familiar with South Korea's reconstruction after the war there, so I can't say as much. But um, so I'm rambling. But I guess, you know, my point is, is like when it, um, when like our strategic goals line up with moral what morally the right thing is and when we have support of the people on the ground we win and if we're just like in iraq um we're just invading because who knows what is it because of the oil is it because of what it's this phony baloney talk of liberation or in vietnam when we're trying to contain communism and not you know fighting for the vietnamese necessarily but fighting to um to, to keep communism at bay and in check, we lose. So, um, yeah. So that's, 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 sorry, I, I rambled on. <laughs> Forgive me, but. <laughs> it's almost like we should take a break from trying to dictate what we can't. Mm. Well, well, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I would love for that to be the case, but, but I'm going to ramble a little more. So one of the things that I've been thinking about the last couple of days, and we, we can talk about this with Maxwell too, because I, I, I'd love to get his opinion um, on this uh, next week, is um, these big, uh, 
um, foreign interventions into country by these 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 these, these um, you know interventions in countries by large foreign powers uh, don't work anymore. You know they just don't seem to work anymore. Um, I mean, and they haven't worked for a long time. And you know, we have that's it. it really started with us in Vietnam, the Soviets in Afghanistan. You know, us in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, uh, you know, th- those are the big ones of the last, since World War II, you know what I mean? But they haven't, um, they haven't worked because, you know, the, uh, the bigger countries go in, they don't understand the local population, they don't have clear goals, or maybe they have like these weird ambiguous goals that are um, very much in their interest, but not in the interests of the people on the ground. And they get bogged down, and this—that's exactly what's happening to Russia and Ukraine right now. And they're getting their fucking asses kicked. And if we were to, let's just say, the U.S. were to stop, the U.S. and the West were to withdraw all of their support right now, Russia would eventually overwhelm Ukraine, but they would have a state uh, or a country full of people who hated them, who were antagonistic towards them, and they'd have to govern it and have to hold on to it, and they wouldn't last. It would, it would, they'd eventually have to leave because there'd be insurgencies, they'd get beat back. They'd, it, essentially, what happened to us in Iraq and Afghanistan is what would happen to the Russians if they were to, if, if they were to realize their goal of um, completely uh, occupying Ukraine, which I don't think is going to happen. That's what right. if we sat back? What if we sat back like everybody else is doing? Well, not support and and go ahead. Yeah, let let the outcome be what it's going to be, and then deal with the outcome like everybody else is going to have to do. Well, I'll give you a couple of reasons. A couple of reasons. Uh, or wait, wait, are you asking? I'm sorry. Say, say your question one more time. What if we, as America, sat back mm. like the rest of the countries in this world are doing mm-hmm. and not full-fledged supporting it mm-hmm. and deal with the outcome that's going to happen probably regardless mm. uh, mm-hmm. and deal with the outcome like the rest of the countries are going to be doing? Mm-hmm. So I think that there's... The, the big answer to that is that if Russia does win, then what's going to happen is they're not going to stop there. They're going to push up into NATO. They're going to push up into uh, push back into Europe, and they're going to try to bring the Soviet Union back together. And eventually, well, I mean, if they push, if they push into a NATO country, then hopefully NATO will get involved. Well, we're we're a, we're the biggest partner in NATO, so we would get involved. So we we it would basically. If we don't stop them here, then we're going to have I mean, to stop them later. And it's going to be... If the, biggest, if the biggest guy gets involved, then all the little ones should be involved, too. Well, so they are. The thing is, they are. And I have to... I've been... I have to pull up... I, I don't have some of the, the things I've read and, and some of the articles I have. But Europe has been supporting... Um, has been supporting Ukraine. And uh, they've been sending weapons. I, I, I don't know as if it, as much as the U.S. You also got to remember, the, you know, European countries individually are not as wealthy as the United States are. And they don't have advanced military. Poland just sent four jets, though. Poland just sent um, four jets to, uh, uh, to the Ukrainian Air Force. We're, send, uh, we're, we're sending Sherman tanks. Um, but, but I, I mean, you know, the, the, the point is, like, is this... See... <laughs> This is, Amer- this is why Americans, one of the things I hate about Americans is we have very, very short memories. Um, let's just say we were to stop supporting Ukraine now, and the Russians were to roll through and pick a fight, and uh, we had to defend NATO countries. Let's say this happened 10 years from now. We'd all be like, well, how did this happen? Could we have prevented this? Like, what, what could we have done different? It's like, oh, we could have supported Ukraine when we had the chance. I'll give you a fantastic example. And I and and who knows if I can't prove this because it didn't happen. But in Afghanistan, in 1989, when the we we helped what later became the Taliban defeat um, the Russian the Mujahideen, 
We supplied them with weapons, um, with tactics, intelligence. I don't think we supplied them with as much as we're supplying with Ukraine now. But we helped them to kick the Russians out. And then in 1989, after the Russians left, instead of like sticking around and working with them, uh, we just sort of pulled up stakes and we beat feet out of there too. And we didn't have, I mean, we didn't have troops there, but the CIA was there. But there was this one moment where we could have supported Afghanistan and perhaps helped to usher in a, um, a, a, uh, excuse me, a more democratic state and, um, we might not have seen the rise of the Taliban. Now, I can't prove that. My, you know, it, Taliban might have happened anyways. And maybe, I, you know, maybe there were certain facts on the ground that kind of prohibited us, uh, you know, in 1989 that I'm forgetting that prohibited us from doing that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, what I worry about and what I think, you know, a lot of people in Europe and in the U.S. government are rightfully worried about is if we do let Russia win here you know what is the message to russia what is the message to china you know um is china going to be emboldened to just roll into taiwan because i mean if you look at asia taiwan is just the first cookie that china is going to want you know are they is china going to eventually start um intimidating the other countries around it you know where does where basically where does this end so um so that's the case. And Zelensky, Zelensky just made the case. Um, uh, he was just on a TV show and basically made the case. Like, there, you know, um, the, 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 um, the question that was posed to him was like, you know, why should the U.S. support you? And he's like, listen, if you don't support us now, then if Russia keeps pushing forward, you're going to be, um, you're going to be, your sons and your daughters are going to be dying um, in a war in a couple of years. So uh, uh, stop it here when you can. Um, and yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right. So, you know what I mean? So, that's, that's my case. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. And it's tough. But, um. Sounds like we armed the Taliban. Um, what, um, ooh. You mean, you mean back in the, in, in the 80s? Well, we gave them the weapons in 89 and then we fought them 15 years later. It, they, you know, all right, I don't know. That don't sound like I a don't. win to me. Yeah, yeah, well, no, we didn't. No, we lost. We, I mean, no, 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 it was, it was not good. Well, I'm saying, we left. You know, we left a power so vacuum. This time, we just left them tanks. We left them, yeah, yeah. left them a bunch of shit this last time. Yeah. Um, I, they'll be able to do all that. Yeah. And, another, but, uh, you know, another thing, too. See, another thing that um, I think people are kind of not really understanding. So, let's say we continue to support Ukraine and um, they they do beat the Russians and they kick the Russians out. We then, Ukraine is, is, gonna, is going to be a solid American and European ally for, uh, for the foreseeable future. And I personally, I would love to see them uh, uh, admitted into, as a member of NATO. Don't know if that's ever going to happen, but... Um, but it's, it's, you know, like, well, they're not going to, they're not going to pay us back. Literally. They're not going to be like, well, you, you know, you gave us $300 billion in aid. Here's $300 billion. But what they are going to do is, um, they're going to, again, be, be our allies, basically be a bulwark against Russia. And they're going to be, um, very solid American trading partners. And like, also too, like, I think it's it's something when I'm talking to people and they're talking about foreign policy in terms of dollars and cents. I'm like it's never dollar wise. It's never going to be one to one. It's never like it's never like we invest. You know, we give three hundred billion dollars of aid to this country, and over twenty years they're going to pay us three hundred billion dollars back. But um, what it does become is number one, you got you have a friendly country. On the border with Russia, who's one of our one of our great enemies, so that's a buffer for us. Uh, number two, the more the more s- stable and peaceful countries in the world that you have, over the long run, the the 
cheap, the, 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 the more, how can I say, the more enriching it's going to be for the United States. Because number one, it's, it's hard to do business in war-torn countries. Number two, if we do have to get involved in Europe because of our commitments to NATO, that's going to cost way more money than, you know, the couple hundred billion dollars that we got, um, that we're paying here, that we're, you know, we're helping Ukraine out with now. Um, and let me see, and what else? And just, and like, there's also the things like, let's say, let's say Russia ever does attack and NATO does have to get involved. We're going to have to send American troops over and Americans are going to die. And you can't put a price tag on that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's like, there's again, all sorts of spiraling costs. You know, the war in Iraq, I've heard has cost us $2 trillion so far, but you also got to understand like all the Iraq vets that are going to go through the VA, um, all of that money, all of the, you know, all of the, there, there, there were four, you know, a little over 4,000 um, service members killed in Iraq. Like, those are people who, you know, don't come back to the U.S. and don't get jobs and don't contribute to the economy. Um, you know, so, like, this money multiplies, and you can't just put a tag on it. You can't just say, like, like okay, you know, we, we gave them $300 billion in aid, and we got $300 billion in things uh, in return, you know? Um, but if you, you know, like... I'll give you another great example. Like, look at how much Russia has already lost in sanctions. They're still pushing forward, but they've already lost. Uh, they've already lost a ton in, a ton of money in sanctions. Like two hundred thousand soldiers so far, a hundred thousand which were killed. Um, like they just already lost war. <laughs> war is war is fucking expensive, and it costs a lot. This myth that 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 war makes money is a myth. It makes some people money, and it makes perhaps people, some people at the top money, but overall, it really depletes countries, so um, I'm kind of rambling right now. I know, it's, it's depleting ours, I know that. Yeah. So, but... I mean, well, I just read the other day, one of the dollar stores took the eggs out of the refrigerator, because they can't make no profit off of them. Mm, interesting. I think it was Dollar Tree or something like that. One of those yeah. family dollars or something like that. They're no longer carrying eggs because they say they can't make a profit off of them no more. Oof. That's how the price of eggs that went up so much. Oof. Well. Eggs. Eggs, eggs, eggs. How are your how are your how are your heads doing? They laid them? Oh, I evicted them today. They're in the big pen. Oh, okay. Move, moved them on out. Okay, so they're not they're not laying eggs anymore then or Oh no no, mine are still my big ones are still laying. I'm talking the the thirty little chicks that I Oh, oh, interesting. All right. Oh, okay. Oh. Finally big enough to take on the real world. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. They, they had to get evicted mm. from the, mm-hmm. the, the sheltered barn. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, here we are at the end of the episode. Any final thoughts? I think we said it all. Yep. For me, you know... Normally I have final thoughts, but I do think we said a lot, and I think we kind of said everything I need to say uh, uh, this week. Um, other than, hey, if you're in Southern California, stay dry, stay safe. If you're in Georgia, button up. You know what I mean? Oh. It's getting warm. Oh, right go, oh, that's, right. that's right. It's going to get warm at the end of the week. So button up tonight and tomorrow, and then get your shorts on Thursday and Friday. And flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Harp, thank you so much. Always fun. All right, everybody. We love talking to you. We hope you have a great couple of days, and we will see you next week.